You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. You are listening to Real Presence Live. We're glad you stayed with us over the break because we have an exciting, another exciting. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm going to say that all show because... Just don't say awesome. Just don't say awesome. Linoleum. Linoleum. Yes, Yes. we've got a linoleum guest. There you go, Father Rich. Noah, thanks for staying with us because we just finished up a great conversation with Dr. Michael Foley about virtues and cultivating a virtuous life. And again, we mentioned that he wrote a few books, so please check out those books. One of them is How to Drink Like a Saint, and and I was mentioning an article, I just want to mention it one more time, on the Catholic Gentleman called How to Drink Like a Saint. I really encourage you to take a look at that. I'm three. He also wrote Drinking with Saint Nick and Drinking with Your Guardian Angels. And I thought, you know, they're related, but not really. So it'd be kind of interesting, like the whole book on drinking with St. Nick. Yeah. It's kind of an interesting Christmas season, I would imagine. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, the how to drink like a saint is a great, you know, birthday present or Christmas present or, you know, whatever holiday is coming up next present. Uh because it goes through the saint of the day. So you not only do you get to, to learn about the saint of the day, but then you get to celebrate in a Catholic way. So I encourage you to check that out. You know, if, if you, you weren't able to join us for the first half hour, I really, really suggest um, downloading the podcast or going to the Real Presence Live um, website and, and listening to it. He had some really good advice. I uh, explained the virtues really, really well in a, in a, in a way that really can, can, it kind of gave me confidence to, to, to take the next step. Because virtues are this, they're big, you know, when you take a look at it. And he broke them down and gave us some really good advice on creating habits to, you know, to cultivate it. Yeah, and because Eli, the board op guy, is so awesome, he will have that podcast up later today. So watch for that on realpresenceradio.com, also available on the Real Presence Radio app. All right, we are going to head into our next guest. His name is Brady. And he works for the Diocese of Fargo. He's the Director of Youth and Young Adult Ministry. Good morning, Brady. Thanks for being on with us. Good morning, and thanks for letting me come on today. Yeah, it's great to have you. So we have this analogy that we were using as we uh, headed into break to promote this segment, talking about how in order to climb a mountain, we have to have training. You can't just go out there and climb a mountain and expect that you're going to be successful. And the same is true if we want to become saints, right? Our, our lifelong journey is preparing us for sainthood at the end of our lives. And so this can start, obviously, if you, if you have a conversion later in life or, you know, even on your deathbed. However, it's better if we start it younger, right? And we develop and cultivate the virtues that we were talking about with Dr. Michael Foley in the first segment. We talked about the cardinal virtues and the theological virtues. It's better to start those earlier and work on them now. And so that's really what you seek to do in your position at the diocese, really, is help young people learn how to become saints. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, uh, definitely. I... I agree with like everything that you just said right there. Um, you know, years ago I started working in youth ministry. Just I don't know, it came out of nowhere, and I, I went on. I started playing frisbee uh, at a church at the cathedral in Crookston um, with Mark Holcroft and his youth. Um, we know that it guy. Was from there, yeah, <laughs> uh, it was from there that I noticed that uh, these youth were striving for something that was 
different than what I was told to pursue. It was there that I noticed that the, these, these youth were asking questions that weren't like, well, how do I make more money? How do I do this? How do I do that? How do I get this status? But they were, they were seeking to understand like meaning of life, purpose, um, and so that just really started inside uh, to cultivate inside of me this desire to to help people understand like who God is, like especially youth, especially like you know knowing that like life is difficult, life is becoming uh, just a little bit. I don't call it tragic, but it, it's it's pretty. It's filled with a lot of sorrows, uh, and so to be like a spokesperson, to be kind of a mentor for them, is something that I, I desired long ago. And so yeah, so this. Um, that's where this like this passion grew to to encourage people to pursue holiness, to pursue a life of virtue, a life of, of sanctity, and that's you know kind of your analogy that you said is that the purpose of uh, the future camp, the camp that we're going to do is to expose these kids because we notice that you know when when youth are exposed at a younger age, it it sticks with them a little bit more because they're more malleable. At, a, at, a, at the earlier ages in life, they're, they're questioning more. They're more open to possibilities than they are maybe as like a, a junior, senior in high school or a college or adult. Now, conversion can happen whenever, uh, but we know that sooner. And the studies show that like if you can if you can engage with them, if you can you know provide encounters for them at a younger age, that they're more apt to following Christ or to pursuing Him or to checking you know, what, what religion and what Christianity is all about. In your position as the youth and young adult uh, ministry, do you, um, do you approach uh, what your mission is uh, in, within an age range? Or so are you working with the, the very young, young children, the, you know, three to five to six, or are you more in the teenage to young adult? I'm more into the teenage and then the young adult. Uh, mostly like middle school and up uh, is where my focus is. Now, I, I will be able to help, you know, to the elementary age kids and below. Um, but for the most part, I focus the attention in you know, middle school, high school, college and beyond. And, and then I work with my coworkers uh, that are in the marriage and family life and in the catechesis and evangelization office to provide opportunities for those younger kids, for those elementary age and for families to have, you know, encounters together, uh, whether it's, like, future events or future conferences or, like, family camps or whatever. Yeah, that was a thought that uh, came to me as you were talking about your role is, you know, there's there's lots of youth programs and youth ministries out there, parishes and, and stuff like that. <laughs> but how do you keep it centered on the family, right? Because the, the the family is the domestic church. So how do you take what you do and make sure that it comes back to encouraging growth and relationship within the family? You know, that is the million-dollar question. Uh, I think for so long, and, and uh, you know, noticing it in the work over the last years is, like, we, we believe that, like, youth ministry was, like, uh, the magic bullet to solve the answers. And you know, if we had a if we had a great program, if we had a great minister, um, if we had vibrancy, like it was going to heal the domestic church, and and we we kind of believed that for a long time, and um, and we're noticing that that's not really proving uh, to be true right now. And so, what we try to do, or like to answer that, is 
it's 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 a multi-layered uh, question because we can provide the opportunities for the youth, and they might just drop their the kid, parents may just drop their kids off uh, for these encounters. But you know, how do we how do we get the domestic church? How do we get the families involved? And that's where and what we're trying to do here is is to solve that. Like, what opportunities can we provide as a diocesan resource for not just the youth to encounter Jesus, but for the family to come too? So it can be a, like a, a holistic thing that they can journey together, they can encounter together, uh, that they can be transformed together and take it back to their homes uh, and continue to live it off uh, in their in their own homes. Um, but we're still trying to figure that that question out because it's it's one that's on the on the minds of a lot of dioceses right now. They're trying to answer that question. They're trying to they're they're noticing that again that youth ministry just isn't enough and. They're, they're realizing that we got to work with the parents, and that's, you know, I think all of uh, all of us are trying to understand, like, what that could look like in its fullness. You know, on the parents, uh, if if the youth are involved in these activities, then the parents are agreeable to that. So just just um, having an experience with the young adult or the teenager, uh, if they can bring that back into the home, then that might be the first step in reaching the families. Wouldn't you say? It is true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen on both sides of the spectrum. Uh, I've seen where uh, kids have gone to stuff that we've done in, in when I worked in the Diocese of Crookston, like whether they came to a camp or a conference or even to our, our Bible studies that we did, and they would bring it home, like all excited, and the parents uh, would call in, or like I'd see them at Sunday Mass, and uh, they were just elated because they, they just they, they never experienced, they never seen their kid uh, kind of glow the way that they were that, that they they did, and and they wanted to know how they themselves uh, could engage in the church in a new way, uh, which started a lot of good conversations, you know, mostly around you know the personal prayer and again that you know encountering Jesus. Um, and that's true. Like you definitely see, uh, when the kids come home, they have a lot of hope to them. And it, again, it makes the parents encourage, it encourages the parents and it excites them. But, uh, I've also seen on, on a very like small percentage, uh, some parents are a little bit reluctant too. Uh, mm. it's, 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 I don't want to say scary for them. Um, but I think what we do in the church, uh, my parents did too, uh, when I got involved in the church, the first thing they said to me was like, "Okay, now don't go be become a priest." <laughs> yeah, uh, and I think that that's the reaction that some parents may have because they they they're just scared because they think like that's the next logical step is like my kids getting involved in the church. Don't go become a religious or a priest, um, and we, we we tend to miss the stuff in the before that. Um, well, I've, I've had some parents, like, really limit, like, they love that their kids go to things, um, mm-hmm. but they encourage, like, well, we just don't want them to go to all this stuff that we do. We don't want them to do this thing, but they can do this, but not that one. Um, and it, it, it was interesting, um, but uh, yeah. it was nothing bad. Yeah, and, and I wonder if the key, too, is is consistency, right? So... Mm-hmm. We we don't want to give these youth like a, a mountaintop experience, right? And and they're going to. I mean, it's not going to be the same when they go away to a camp and and go away to a retreat and then come back to life. But we also don't want to give them this like mountaintop experience and then they come crashing down, right? So how do you keep and and what's what's your plan and and 
vision for keeping that that fire alive, right? It's it's a, a flare that continues to burn rather than you know a rocket ship that launches and then you know comes back down. Yeah, uh, good question. It was you know Father Mike Schmidt talked about the retreat high experience, and that really transformed my mentality in approaching ministry because uh, as a young early minister. Uh, I kind of fell trapped to that. Like, I got to get to the next next event because it sustains me. Uh, but what what we will do here, and what I you know do in my ministry is uh, to work with the leaders to um, to train them in the day to day ministry with their youth uh, to know like not everything like you said is going to be like the mountaintop experience, but just the the, the regular day to day interactions. Like, how, how do we help them to encounter Jesus in the very simple things? How do we, you know, how do we help them to sustain a spiritual life when it's not like a sonar worship band or a Steubenville conference with 2,000-plus people, but you're at a Sunday Mass? Mm-hmm. And, you know, how do we get them to understand that it's about the prayer life and it's about the sacraments, and it's not about the emotion, but it's just about being a disciple of Jesus, like following Him in every aspect of your life and with every decision that you make. That's wonderful. Brady, you're doing great work at the Diocese of Fargo, and we're going to talk more about this work and some of the opportunities that youth in the Diocese of Fargo have coming up this summer when Real Presence Live continues. So please stay with us. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com slash contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. You know, anybody that uh, writes a check, we feel, has taken some ownership. Sure. If it's $10, 15 sure. $20, it's like we keep saying it's our radio station. It's right. the family's, and it really is. You know, the part of the big miracle, started by Mother Angelica, I know she was inspired, is that EW10 is supported with voluntary gifts. EW10 does not charge us for the program that comes our way. So we need to have you really step up and support this. Because EWTN, we definitely don't get any money from them. We owe them. So, And then Catholic Answers, mm-hmm. they're independent as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I know there's a lot of asks. But in this case right here, you can jump in your car and be fed every day. This is Susan Safford from the Cathedral of Our Lady of Perpetual Help in Rapid City, South Dakota. Thank you for listening to Real Presence Radio. At the University of Mary, we offer an education for the whole of life. Our values-based, flexible, and affordable education will prepare you for success and help you become a leader in your field. Whether you want to start your degree for the first time or continue your education, whether you are a working professional or want to pursue school full-time, join us for an education that will help you make a positive impact in our community. Discover the Mary difference. Youmary.edu. That's youmary.edu. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network. 
bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Thank you for staying with us through the break. Um, this is John Clark and with Brandon Clark, and we're speaking with Brady Borslin, the Director of Youth and Young Adult Ministry for the Diocese of Fargo. And before the break, we talked uh, about what's the mission and what does uh, youth ministry look like now? I mean, and what our approach and, and um, uh, what what the, like, like I said, the overall mission, Brandon, right? Um, so what I want to ask Brady about now is, Let's let's get a little more um, precise. What are some of the opportunities that the youth in the Fargo Diocese have um, coming up? I believe there's a camp this summer that's going to be being held. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Maybe some other opportunities. Yeah. Um, so uh, we, we're going to be launching this new camp uh, for middle school students this summer, uh, and it, it, it came because of the, what we did in Crookston. Uh, the Diocese of Crookston, we have this camp called JP2 Camp, and uh, I was blessed to be a part of this for about 13-ish years, and I watched it transform and grow. Uh, and I saw the impact that it had on the youth that attended, but then I saw the impact that it had as they went back to their parishes uh, throughout the rest of the year in their faith formation programs and just their, their attendance, their desire. Uh, so with seeing all of that and knowing that retreats and camps are so good for the youth and for all of us, uh, we prayed about it uh, through COVID, uh, and, uh, you know, I knew that it was always going to be something we would try to launch here. And so this summer, uh, we will be launching um, a middle school camp titled Camp Summit. Um, and it's, it's based around Pure Giorgio Frasati uh, and just his desire to, to live life to the fullest uh, and to fully be the Lord. Um and so, like, the theme for this year is going to be it's going to be called To the Heights, and kind of like how you open the segment up by saying, you know, before you climb a mountain, uh, you know, there's a few things you should do. You need to, like, train your body to handle the, the terrain that you're going to be going up against. Uh, you also need to talk to, like, uh, local guides, people in the area, like, what to avoid, what's this, like, where should I start? Uh, and then also, you know, Study the mountain, study what you're going up against, and to, you know, purchase the right gear. Now, so we're going to take that kind of mentality into the camp and really work with these youth. And so, like, just like that, uh, the spiritual life is just like a journey. Like, we, we have to study. We have to train. We have to prepare. And we have to, we have to pursue mentorship. And so uh, this camp, uh, I, I'm excited for it because, uh, like I said, I've seen... Uh, the Lord do powerful things through uh, camps like these. And so it's going to be a, a five-day camp in July uh, at Red Willow Bible Camp in Binford, North Dakota. And so arrive on a Sunday and then depart on a Thursday. And, you know, things that we're going to do there, we're going to have, uh, we've got a, a worship leader that's going to come and lead us in prayer uh, throughout the entirety of camp. Uh, they're going to lead uh, worship for Mass. They're going to have, uh, we're going to have times of just, morning prayer. Uh, we're going to have adoration every single day. Uh, we're going to have small groups uh, where they're going to be able to just connect with a small group of the, uh, the campers be, uh, facilitated by college students and young adults. Um, and play games. We, we definitely got to play games at, uh, at a camp. I mean, it's, it's a staple of them. Um, and we're just, 
we're just gonna and we're gonna have you know talks like around this theme about how to live out the spiritual life, how to how to actually develop a, a prayer life, how to prepare for the the climb, the journey, uh, the ascent, um, and hopefully it'll build on for next year, the following years of this camp that they come back and. The theme will change every single year, but the, you know, the end goal, the end result of the camp is going to be the same: is that we we help these students uh, again develop a prayer life, uh, develop an understanding uh, of how important it is to be connected to Jesus and how to pursue Jesus, how to pursue people, uh, holy friendships, holy people, uh, stay close to the church. Exposing um, the middle school students, aged students to this, developing a prayer life. I think back to the days when I was in the middle school, that really wasn't a priority. And I didn't know much about it, quite frankly. Um, So providing that knowledge and the understanding and and discipline to a certain extent uh, can be very fruitful in the years to come. You know, and and, and the analogy of climbing you know, being prepared to, to climb the mountain, um, I can see just by what you've been saying that that really is the case. Um, they're, they're, there's enkindling a flame within them, but not burning it out. Yeah, yeah, and it, and I agree. When I was when I was in middle school, I was pondering that. Like, I, I definitely was not in love with Jesus then, and and thinking like, if someone were to tell me to pray, I would have, I don't know, just kind of laughed at them and. Uh, knowing like how essential it is to provide this type of an opportunity to at least lay some of those foundations. Because along with that, like I don't want it to be just like a mountaintop experience um, while this camp is going on. And the, and the work that we plan to do is to work with the parishes to build, uh, to build a sustainable ministry that these kids, when they go back to those parishes after these events or these camps, that they have something that they can get plugged back into to continue uh, the development of their spiritual life. There was one thing that you mentioned um, when you were describing the camp is that you you mentioned that you encourage mentorship, and so um, from the mentorship standpoint, how is that uh, how is that presented? Or is it going to be presented to the, these students? Certainly, there'll be um, young adult counselors there to help. Um, but is there is there a um, intention to seek out mentors or identify mentors, or how how is that going to be presented? I think mentorship, yeah, no, mentorship uh, is wonderful. I mean, that's I think that's really important because it gives you it gives you something to fall back on or to rely on or to you know, confide in. Yeah, uh, for the most part, uh, like our our counselors or our camp counselors are just going to be there for the camp. Like they'll be there to at least get the ball rolling and to answer the question. And, and I, like I said, like the broader scope is that like we at the diocese work to really elevate the ministry that's already in place in local parishes. So that the kids go back uh, to those parishes and seek the mentorship out from whether it's their youth minister, their DRE, or a volunteer that just wants to give their time to to help uh, these youth continue on. Um, just because we know, like, uh, it's better if if there's people at the local church um, compared to the young adults that are just at the camp, and it's it's more more sustainable uh, and more fruitful that way. Yeah, and you know, I think about the middle school age, right? And it's just a tough age. And these kids, you know, they they come back to their parish, but then they also got to go back to the schools and stuff like that. And, you know, we know that public schools aren't always the most friendly to faith-based people. 
And so, you know, mm-hmm. just, just building those foundations so that is they go into these sometimes hostile atmospheres, you know, they can be prepared for that as well. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, personally, um, you know, what, how we did it in uh, Detroit Lakes when I was a youth minister uh, and also running the, the camp is some of my high school students or my college students would be my camp counselors. Uh, but they'd also be my my middle school RE teachers because mm. we uh, r- ran Life Team Edge. And so they would see some of those kids that were at camp and they'd be in, back in their small groups. So, you know, they were able to continue on that mentorship there. But you're right, like, it, it, it is difficult. Uh, the public school is, it could be, it can be a difficult place. And that's why I want to, like, you know, encourage that the local church, um, is ready to handle questions, that we train them, that we prepare them, so that when those questions do arise, after they have this encounter, like, you know, like, I'm the Jesus kid, I'm going back to my parish, like, yeah. that they're going to have someone in their corner saying, like, I'm here to support you, I'm here to, like, to, to, to accompany you, to, to, again, walk with you through these tough times that may you may encounter in your school system or within your friend group. Yeah, that's awesome. Brady, uh, 15 seconds. Where can people learn more about this camp summit? Yeah, so they can go to the diocesan website, and it's FargoDiocese.org. You can backslash camp summit, or you can just go under the Youth and Young Adult Office, and you'll be able to go to the youth formation and and find details. Uh, It goes live tomorrow, uh, so kids can start signing up, So we'll have a limit of about 90 kids or so. So... Sounds great. Thanks so much, Brady. Stay with us on Real Presence Live. We have another great hour coming, including an organization that is determined to help mothers rise from poverty. Learn more about that next. Next.